Welcome once again into the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. We, uh, we're no more multiple games. We're down to our semifinals. And a lot to talk about. And we're going to talk about that ahead. A quick reminder, the Soccer OG World Cup Daily podcast is available where all podcasts are available. And you can check us out here on YouTube. Check out the social media handles. Uh, maybe a little brief here because uh, you may have sensed that yesterday the Grant Wall news was whipping through when I was recording I didn't want to talk about it because there was so much uh, left to know. And there's still so much left to know. And I don't want to speculate or get into that. But uh, I hope uh, the everyone is looking at this and it is handled well because uh, it is it's truly a tragedy. And it's part of uh, it's it's part of one of the things that we're going to remember this Qatari World Cup about. So. I want to say a few things about Grant. We will talk about the uh, the incredible quarterfinals, one of the better World Cup games that I can remember. England and France lived up to billing, but I want to talk about Grant here. Who, uh, first and foremost, I want to say how much I admire that he had balls, man. As you could see, he would go after. Uh, he would. He was the knight for these causes, and as I sit here and I, I reflect at what I have done, and I go. What have I done? I, I have an opportunity in this situation to help people. And he was constantly bringing attention to these important issues within the game. And, you know, I, I, I got in some arguments with him. You know, I was always saying, you know, stick to the, let's enjoy the tournament. You know, and I look back and I feel, I feel terrible about some of those things. Um, because uh, there, is a, there is a lot to admire uh, about how we handled it. Because it's a pain in the butt to fight these fights. And a lot of times you're not going to get the answer and you do it and you upset people and there's, you know, there is a, it's an uphill battle to be able to do that. And I apologize because I was really, I was pretty shook and I am again here uh, pretty numb as we try to we talk about that. And again, um, the idea of Grant in this stadium Dying alone in those situations is, is very upsetting. It's very upsetting. And you try not to think about it too much. So uh, we'll have time to address that in a little bit. But a little bit about uh, Grant and the body of work that he was able to do. And now that we're reflecting on it, unfortunately, because he is no longer with us, it is pretty incredible just to see how many plates he had on the stove for this World Cup. I mean, he was working tirelessly. He had uh, the Good Rival show on Amazon between USA and Mexico. He is doing his riding in Qatar. He's covered World Cups, I don't know, like seven, eight, nine World Cups, as long as you can mention. He is, uh, you know, on air. He's a producer. He's a reporter. He is sitting at every U.S. press conference and all these press conferences getting news. He is giving us access. And you've got to think, without Grant, where we would be as an American soccer public. Because he has access that wasn't there. None of these other reporters have the contacts that Grant does. Grant can get Pele or Johnny Infantino or Jose Mourinho. He can get Freddie Adu. He had that podcast series. Always looking for great stories that we benefit. And, and I know personally I took that for granted. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, but it is all this access specifically for an American audience. I mean, incredible guests. I mean, the Good Rivals Amazon special, I mean, he was brought on so that he could staff 
he could populate that show with expert opinions. And he got everybody. He goes into his Rolodex. I know it's a dated reference. This is the OG. He goes, okay, I got so. They all appeared. Everyone wanted to, uh, to do that for Grant. And uh, he wore many hats and he did that well. And it's going to be a huge void because I don't think anyone wants to do the work. I don't know how he did the work. Constantly writing books. The Beckham Experiment. Have you read? Read The Beckham Experiment. One of my favorite books. How do I know it's one of my favorite books? I mean, he was a really talented writer. Because I reference that book all the time. There's few books that I do that to. And granted, I'm embedded with this American soccer experience and Major League Soccer. But I, I remember these excerpts. And you know, that book went a long way to show the shortcomings that MLS had. How they treated their players. And I, I can tell you without question that that book helped change the, the way that MLS did their business, the way they put players in crappy hotels, the way they treated their players, that changed it. You know, a lot of time you, you fight for a cause and nothing changes, but a lot of time you do and it changes something. And that's what's amazing for Grant. He gets it. He gets things to change. There's no doubt about it, you know, big or small. I mean, there's things that you're trying to change. Racism, you can't uh, do that uh, single-handedly. But you can bring attention to it and maybe it softens the racist blow or it changes the way people think. It brings attention to that. Um, I, was, I was pretty blown away with some of the, uh, the comments made. Uh, Nikki McCann, who's of Rolling Stone, tweeted about, tweeted about Grant. He ran to unseat the FIFA president, challenged human rights abuses in guitar. Career was as much about great reporting as it was about speaking the truth to abusive power. Chris Whittingham, who uh, I know pretty well, I'm going to reach out to him soon, and he was uh, the podcast partner for Grant, uh, said that Grant was kind, needlessly kind. I love him and will miss him. He treated me with a level of respect I didn't deserve. And uh, I know uh, Grant did that for a lot of people, and he made time for folks, and he helped them. And there seems to be a long list based on what you've seen of those folks that Grant was able to help in the career. I kind of came along the same ways and we, and we butted heads a fair bit, but I would see him. I remember once we were in Berlin ahead of the 2006 World Cup. I saw him on a bus and we had a nice bus around Berlin for a bit talking about, he was going to the film festival. I was going to see the, we were both going to go see the new Nike uniform release. And it was always a nice conversation. I wish I had more of them. Uh, a story I can share about it. So uh, when I first took over LAFC, I was I knew I had to create a relationship with Bob Bradley. It was very difficult. Uh, I was not being effective in doing that. And I knew that if I couldn't create a, rela a good working relationship with the number one employee at LAFC, then it was going to be very hard for me to stick around. So uh, Called Hercules Gomez. I go, man, what can I do? I go, what can I do? I, I, I need to, I, I, I need to make some headway with Bob. I had a good relationship with Bob, but when I came over here, it just, um, I, I, I mishandled it. So for instance, I showed up at LAFC like I, in my first day and I was like, oh yeah. And Bob's like, well, you know, you, you, you kind of, I think he was thinking you got to earn your keep. And he was hundred percent right. I never made time to sit down with him. So Hercules told me to reach out to Grant Wall. I texted him. I think I took caught him off guard. I go, Grant, I just want to talk to you because I know you have a relationship with Bob Bradley. Grant called me back and we talked about my situation. And then he said this. He goes, you know, when I'm always dealing with Bob 
And I know sometimes, you know, you've got to be a little guarded and I mean, you, you've got to come to Bob. I mean, he doesn't want, he's not, in, he's not an intense individual. Sometimes people say that, but you've got to come with him the right way because he will obliterate uh, a poor question or anything. You've got to come straight. So Grant Wall said, have a good, he likes to have good football conversations. And that's an expression that I almost named this show here, a, a good football conversation. And I thought about that. And the next day I went to training and go, Bob, can I talk to you? We sat down for 30, 40 minutes to talk about what I wanted to do, what he wanted to do, and how we could coexist and uh, help each other reach those goals. It was a, one of the better conversations I ever had. And it's what I should have done at the beginning. I didn't. And Grant helped point me out. So I was, uh, I'm uh, indebted for that advice. It's lit, as small as that might sound. And I caught Grant off guard when I talked about it. But that was, um, that was something that uh, was very important for me. So I appreciate that. Uh, giving all the best to the Wall family. I know his brother posted something. I saw the emotions are so drawn out by this and I can't even imagine what he's going through. Celine Grounder, his wife, who I can't even imagine what she's got to deal with. I mean, you've heard these pretty macabre things about uh, this Uber driver and or this Uber ride out of the stadium and how, how quickly they were able to tend to Grant. It's hard, man. It's hard. We, should, I, I, we never should have to report these stories, but, but here we are. And uh, he is part of this soccer uh, community. And uh, I'd like to think we look out for our, each other. We have our differences. We have our issues. But we are all part of this trying to make it uh, a bigger thing, a better thing, which we all benefit from, but that also we can pass that on and help, uh, help um, make more fans and people fall in love with the sport the same way we did. And reading Grant, you could easily do that. So I, I just don't know what to say. I was stunned. And uh, we just got to keep him in our hearts and minds and read read his work. It's all there. I mean, it's all cataloged there. And uh, if you're serious about being a soccer, look, and I, not to mention, you know, he was at Sports Illustrated and they parted ways with him and he's a survivor. I know it's not the way, but he, in this business, he found a way to keep um, providing good work. He always said that. It's about the work. <laughs> so he, uh, he was able to provide us uh, all stuff that we, we richly didn't deserve, but we had it. So rest in peace, Grant, and uh, thank you for what you've done uh, in this space that has helped so many other flourish, and hopefully we can do a good job moving forward, carrying the baton, which we shouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I'm older than Grant is. We shouldn't be having this conversation, but here we are. Life is crazy, crazy ride. We are back here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Morocco, Portugal, England, France, the final two quarterfinals looking to join Argentina and Croatia. So the round of 16 didn't have any really surprise results other than Morocco. And we have seen the surprise results emerge here in the quarterfinals. Certainly Morocco winning again, Croatia advancing. The Netherlands would have been a surprise result, certainly based on the bookmakers. 
uh, Argentina survived. You know, Brazil is out, and we have a very interesting final four. I'm looking forward to it. Think about it. You have the reigning champs looking to do, you know, in the modern game, something that you would think was impossible, winning back-to-back World Cups. I think they're the favorites to do it at this point of the four teams that remain. You got the Lionel Messi story, which was going to be the most compelling story come in. Can he finish the job and lift that trophy so he can be put on that top plane, which I think he needs to, of the great ones, which is a very short list. It's two players, really. Then you have two teams that haven't won a World Cup. I mean, it's what's eight teams have won a World Cup. It's a very short list for an event that goes back to 1930. Croatia and Morocco with a chance to lift it. Why not? Why not at this point? And by the way, on November the 23rd, after we watched Croatia and Morocco play to a scoreless tie, did you think that that would be a possible World Cup final preview? Well, it might be. And I'm saying it's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched the way those two teams are playing. Nobody likes to play them. They're very hard to break down. And then the other thing that's interesting about this Final Four, you have three continents. I can't even remember. Last time that happened was 2002, when you had Korea, then Brazil, and then you had Germany and Turkey. So that's important for the development of the world game. Morocco's presence here is really important, as is Argentina's as we saw it, because the Americas were going to get shut out. It was North and South America. And by the way, Africa finally gets a semi-finalist. And that means Oceania is the only one not to have a semi-finalist. The United States did make a semi-finals in 1930. I really don't think we should include that. I would say CONCACAF has to make a semi-final. I hope they can make it in 2026 when they are hosting it. So I'm really excited about these uh, semifinals. I mean, they may be a little hard to watch based on the way Croatia and Morocco approach the games. And we'll start with Morocco and Portugal because that was a, a bit of a grind, right? Watching Morocco defend and their organization, and you can't give uh, uh, Walid uh, Regregi enough credit of what he has been able to do to get these guys to buy in, to be shorthanded. Mazrahi out was sick. Uh, Aguero unable to play. Roman Saiz injured late in this game. He clearly wasn't 100%. He couldn't go. Having to make all these changes. And uh, Regregi, who says, we need to trust all 26 players if you want to make a run in this World Cup. And he's right. And he's going to have to. Uh, I, I, I do not want to diminish Morocco's chances. I've done it enough times on this show. But seeing how they defend, and they got a really good goalkeeper, uh, Yassine Bounou, who is not looking to be beaten, Came up big here, nothing in comparison to what he did in the Spain game. But just seeing it from the Portuguese perspective, they were just you could just see it. Go, where do you find a pass here? And then the way they can break, they have so much talent, certainly in the wide areas. Different guys stepping up. Azadine Onuahi, who was uh, unheralded, comes in and was, in many cases, the best player on the field. Morocco have conceded one goal in this tournament. One goal. It was an own goal by Naif Aguer in the 40th minute against Canada. That's it. And they don't give up a lot of chances either. And in the 42nd minute when Yusuf El Nezri rose above to head that in, that was an incredible skywalking. I mean, he was, it looked like Michael Jordan. 
and he heads it in. And then Morocco dug their teeth in and Portugal were done. Re did not rarely threaten that Morocco goal. Cristiano Ronaldo had that chance and uh, Gonzalo Ramos, who we lauded, rightfully so, just had a, a really rough go, you know, and he, he should have always started. He actually went pretty deep into this game. Ronaldo was brought in, trying to get things going. It just wasn't happening. And a thought for Ronaldo, because I know some people are snickering and going, ah, yeah, Ronaldo, yeah. after all you've done here, I go, nothing should take away or taint his career. And seeing him move to emotions in his last chance to win a World Cup, that hit me. That hit me pretty hard. I want all these guys to be fulfilled. I don't know what it's like to be that competitive. I admire it. You've got to be wired differently to be like that, to want to be the best in the world. It's, too, it's, it's so hard to even think that. I want to be the best in the world. I mean, where do you start? Select few people in whatever walk of life they pursue that they say that. And Ronaldo has said that and he's achieved it. And for that, he demands our respect because I don't know. I don't know how you say that to yourself repeatedly. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. But you got to put in the work. And he has. So uh, it was sad to see that for Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, an incredible career. He still has a lot to give. I don't, it's not going to be in a World Cup space. He's not coming back to this. And I don't think Fernando Santos really uh, either. Uh, as Portugal have a bright future, but they have to make some changes there. So uh, I, they got to get healthy. Uh, again, we talked about not getting the ball. They just had 26% possession. We talked about the injuries. Walid Chidira, who uh, got uh, two yellow cards late in that game, and he, he's a great counterattacking threat. You add him to the list of players they're going to be shorthanded on, and they're not going to get sympathy from the French because remember all the injuries France had to deal with early on. But how about this? You know, Morocco tied Croatia, who are semifinalists, beat Belgium, beat Spain, beat Portugal. Remember, the two Iberian neighbors right above them geographically and now a chance to beat the French who we know the history between France and Morocco. It's not lost on anyone. This could be... Uh, I can't wait to see it. Emotions are going to be running very high. I would say Morocco has a really good chance. That game coming 11 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. Let us shift to England-France. What a delightful game this was. And... I love to see Morocco and I love to see Croatia in the semifinals, but when you don't have teams of this stature, you, you miss the opportunity to see a game like this. This was open, beautifully played, world-class players everywhere, every touch mattered, tightly contested. I mean, this was a game you just didn't want to end as a neutral. And look, I mean, I, I've never pulled for England and I'm not going to start now. But it's hard not to pull for this English team. You know, the old teams with Lampard and... And it wasn't the team. It was the I'm coming, it's coming home and all the hullabaloo because of how omnipresent these players are because we all watch the Premier League. That uh, it grinded on you. And it was... We always knew they are going to fall on their face. But this team doesn't. And I love Gareth Southgate. He sticks his neck out for his players time and time again. He gets criticized. He generally makes the right decisions. You know, he pays, you pay a price for taking a knee or standing by your players as he did when the racist tweets and comments were made after those, the black players, Rashford and Saka and Sancho, missed those penalties in the European Championship. I mean, you alienate yourself to part of that population. Screw them. You want to alienate yourself. But it's hard. 
and you open yourself up and that puts an extra burden on what you want to do. I don't want to get off the field a little bit, but Gareth Southgate does that than almost any other manager in this tournament. Sticks his neck out, stands by his players. Uh, that's an impressive man. And England were better. So in addition to liking them, they deserve to win this game. Coming back from a goal down, excellent. Very few goals we have seen hit from outside the area. We saw that here with uh, Aurelien Choumeni. Um, just the next in a long list of fantastic French players. That pipeline is ridiculous. Now, we don't even start. You know, Mbappe is like a veteran now. Was he 22, 23? He's just a kid. But um, he scored that goal. Second half, England were, I mean, they managed to, to quell Mbappe. He was not making noise. They were tracking him really well. Chances started to brim. Uh... Kane gets the penalty, converts his 53 goals now for England. A tremendous achievement for him. Of course, they would get the other penalty. And by the way, how did that referee miss that foul by Teo Hernandez on Mason Mount? I mean, how did you not see that in real time? The officiating has been, yeah, in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they did get it right. VAR did its job. But then there was... Uh, Oh, there was a bad little flurry there for England where we saw Jordan Pickford make an incredible save in the 77th minute and then this cross from the heavens from Antoine Griezmann. Again, like Mbappe, they were chasing this second half. Lobs it in. Olivier Giroud gets his fourth goal in this competition and uh, puts it out of reach. The, the penalty did occur a couple minutes later and Harry Kane, you, you ask the question, do you allow the same player to take two penalties in regular time. Uh, it's an interesting conversation to have. I think if it's Harry Kane, the answer is yes. He's been so clinical. Southgate emptied the bench. Rashford for Foden. It was great to see Raheem Sterling come back after his situation. Then uh, Mason Mount as well. Uh, they threw at it. Mason Mount made an impact. Uh, I want to just say something because his tournament's over, but Jude Bellingham, first of all, can you imagine having a body like that? He's just this statue. It's incredible build. And he, he's going to be so fun to watch. I, I look forward to seeing England in the future. I don't know if they can manage making semifinals. Uh, they missed out this time. But they certainly have a team spirit and the ability to reach these goals and the young players are coming up. You know, a lot of young players, we mentioned Jaden Sancho, didn't even get a sniff here. So there's still so much talent in England and they got this development. They, have this, they, they are all part of the Super League, which is the Premier League. Uh, the missed penalty by Kane, Roof. Jack Grealish even came in late, but uh, they just gave up that one chance. It was those two chances in the 77th and then the 78th. And that is where the French came through. That's why they are the reigning champs. That's why we are seeing, you know, really uncharted waters with what this team is able to do. I don't know how they do it sometime. When you look at, you know, Griezmann, who on the club level looks like uh, pretty washed out. He plays so much better for country. And then you have uh, Olivier Giroud, who's, you know, not this highly regarded striker or star as many. He's just a great player and he does four goals in this tournament. And then obviously Kylian Mbappe. Chuameni, we're just seeing him start. Rabio, good, really good player, but uh, you know they're missing Benzema and Kante. This is an incredible effort, and they may have dodged the big challenge right here, and they will be favored against Morocco. So 
We'll have plenty of time to preview those semifinals ahead. Whew. That was a tough one, folks. <laughs> that was a tough one, but I appreciate everyone tuning into the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Tell a friend so uh, we can get the word out. We'll be here every day for the remainder of the World Cup. We'll have some fun shows coming up. We might detour a little bit and talk about some other big topics around the sport that are compelling. France are through, Morocco and through, Argentina and Croatia await them. Bring on the semifinals on Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow.